I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Dirt on Flowers. It's Friday. We made it. Mm-hmm. I was just laughing because um, I was just talking to Jed. Even after all these years growing tulips, which I, we have an episode on tulips, but even after all the years growing tulips, I still am digging to the bottom to make sure that they're until <laughs> that they're actually coming up. We're just seeing like some little tips in our in our greenhouse. Are you seeing any progress on yours yet, Lens? We ex- experimented with having nine C and then some un, like yeah. untreated ones too. Mm-hmm. So uh, they came up early. They've been up for probably three or three or four weeks. Yeah, the time we're recording this is like the beginning of February. So yeah, it's been it's been up. But yeah, I know I still. I still go in and check, especially after last year. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I I hope that's reassuring. I mean, I used to like check my corms. I used to like dig and check my corms before we used to like sprout them to green. And now it's just like this little assurance that I have in my brain that everything's Mm going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah. But in the U-Pick tulip field, like my field ones are not showing, are not up at all yet. And I had Judd over there digging down just to make sure that everything was happening. Because, you know, you make like financial decisions based on these crops growing and so I'm just like I just need to sleep at night so those like little things so even after all these years nine years we're still yeah digging (laughs) worried about whether our little babies are going to sprout yeah it's uh no it's you can't and I I the anxiety just doesn't go away like I was looking at my field tulips especially after last year you know they were like there's this we got so much rain at the end of January and I just like see them sitting in water and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like the anxiety, you know, it just doesn't, yeah. does, does not stop. So mm-hmm. I, I wish I could tell you that that part goes away. You just get better at managing the anxiety over yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hope. <laughs> yes. That's the hope. That's the hope <laughs> is that you get better at ang- managing the anxiety. I think that can take some people out though. You know, I think yeah. that can be part of the problem for people. So I have to tell you, this has nothing yes. to do with tulips, but um, I had groceries delivered and yeah. the delivery, I had it, I did a rush delivery because I needed to make something for di- dinner. So I paid like an extra five bucks to make sure these babies were delivered on time. Mm-hmm. And I thought before four o'clock, that was what my window of expectation was. And the guy showed up before two o'clock okay so anyway he he was so proud that he was like there before two o'clock and he was really happy and excited about it and I was like oh I wasn't even expecting them until four so I was like you really over promised and under delivered I said it wrong to the delivery guy okay and then I go oh wait flip that I he looked at me like I was such an idiot and I'm like why do I say it wrong every time (laughs) and then he he walked away and must have thought I was the biggest idiot but I went inside and laughed so hard I was like Lindsay (laughs) oh my god you you can't can't even say it the right way anymore because it would just go wrong we've said it (laughs) wrong for so long that I can't I really can't I'm just gonna keep it I'm just keep going with it so anyway your your new tagline (laughs) yeah that's (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. I the the funner, the year of funner. I had a uh, a dirtbag sent me a message that a local mm. car salesman, like a local car company, their yeah. year was like how to make it funner or something. And I was like, yes, I'll post it. I'll post it on social when this comes out. But she's like, I thought of you. And they said something like, is that even a word? I'm like, it's not a word, but it's, <laughs> it is it's this okay. year. It is for 24. <laughs> funners for 24 so yeah but anyway yes well we have a really cool guest today we're talking about something that is is can feel like really maybe above us you know I mean even even for us like uh, we oftentimes say that hey like uh, we're listening we're listening along with you guys we're learning along with you guys with some of these really cool interviews that we get to do so um part of our off-season tasks are figuring out how we can market ourselves. How are we making that big plan for the year? How are we making those big sales goals? And I, we always say like, Hey, like I wish our businesses could just solely thrive on our just flower growing skills. And so we, we get a lot of questions like, do I really have to have social? Do I really have to have a website? And unfortunately, you know, the answer to a lot of those questions is half of our job is really selling the flowers. And that's why marketing your farm is so important. Like you can't have one without the other. So a really important like piece to marketing your farm is your website. Um, and today we're talking with Julia Bo Bocchese. Got it. Did I get it? Got it. Yep. <laughs> she is the owner of Homegrown Reach. She's an SEO consultant and she specializes in working with agriculture and horticulture businesses, just trying to make SEO easy, approachable, easy to implement for you on your farms. And so we hope that if at this point we haven't convinced you to have a website yet, we hope that, that you do or go get one and that Julia can be a resource for all of us on the SEO piece. So welcome, Julia. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes. Yeah. You want to go tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So first of all, I'm not a flower farmer. That's <laughs> I feel okay. like I'm kind of like infiltrating here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been doing SEO for uh, almost seven years now, full time. I actually started with my other business, Julie Renee Consulting, where I do SEO for small creative businesses. But I found that I was getting a lot of inquiries from like landscapers and farmers and people who didn't really have like someone to go to for SEO. And then I personally love going to local farms, you know, getting local produce and everything. And I was actually having a hard time finding local farms when I was like doing searches or like composting companies and things like that. Because So I live in Philadelphia and it's like, basically if you move one mile away, it's a whole different ecosystem. Like <laughs> you have to sign up for like, you know, all the different like farmers markets, the different composting companies and everything. So everything, every time I would move in Philly, I would have to like find a whole new, you know, place to get my local produce and everything. And I was having like the hardest time. So I'd have to like go down the rabbit hole on like Facebook groups and like, you know, try to get information, you know, elsewhere. So I found there was really a need for, you know, kind of these local businesses to be able to rank higher because if I'm having a hard time finding them on Google, then I bet a lot of other customers are as well. So just trying to make it really easy for everyone to be able to rank, to be able to reach those customers who are searching for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you also teach, is this, you teach SEO, which at, mm-hmm. is it Dex, Drexel? Drexel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I've uh, taught a couple times as an adjunct at Drexel. And then I do a lot of um, guest lecturing at another local university, Temple University here in Philly. That wasn't even a thing when I was in college. <laughs> I, I still, oh, no. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> you say, oh no, like, you know how long ago I was in college. Do I look that damn old? I don't know. <laughs> 
when I was in college. <laughs> wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Real old. Yeah. I, it's been a while since I've been in college. I, oh my gosh, it makes me sweat to think about why I just the year. So, you know, we're going to talk about SEO. You know, I, I be, being honest, I didn't start even looking at this or paying attention to this till probably a year and a half ago or something mm-hmm. like where I was just like, oh, I heard about it. I knew like I could tell you probably about what it was, but give us like for somebody who's never heard of it and that's okay if you haven't, or, you know, give us like the quick and your version of what SEO is. Yeah. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. So it applies to all search engines, Bing and DuckDuckGo and everything, but like Google kind of sets the rules. So when people talk about SEO, they're mostly talking about like, you know, Google. And it's basically just the practice of making your site easy for Google to understand what to rank you for. They're like, won't go into all of them, but there are over 200 different ranking metrics that Google looks at to know what to rank your site for. But it kind of, you know, just boils down to making it super easy, super clear for Google to understand what your website is about. Yeah. When it first came out, I was like, I don't, I have too much already on my brain, you know? So like <laughs> if I was getting, being honest about like where it ranked on my priority list, you know, I hadn't spent a ton of time on it. It wasn't until I think about last year where I was like, oh, I should start listening to some podcasts and start getting a little bit yeah. more information of how can I prioritize, make this a priority? Because we do all want to be seen within our, you know, within our community. And especially, I would imagine, even more so important for some of these people that are living in really big, you know, saturated mm-hmm. communities where there are other people that are selling a similar product to you too. So yeah, yeah. being honest, it's not been something that, you know, was the top, was the top of my priority. So why, like, why is it important for a business or why should I have been caring about it mm-hmm. before now? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of back to why I started working with, you know, farmers is because customers are searching on Google for like, you know, local farms or you pick or something like that. Not everyone has social media. Not every business is able to be found if you're like searching on social media. Um, like the Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. SEO algorithm is not the best. <laughs> and then even when, you know, you find a farm that you're interested in, you know, visiting, typically you're going to go to the website anyway to get like the information on, you know, when they're open, their hours, what they have in season and things like that. Because if you're just looking at their Instagram page, you may have to like visit a lot of different Instagram Instagram posts to kind of piece together like when they're open or you know how yeah. you're able to visit or you know things like that. So having a website is you know a really great place to have all of that information. So if someone is you know searching on Google for you or even if they find you on social media, it's easy for them to get all the information to be able to you know buy your produce or you know you know go pick flowers or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess if you wanted to get started, let's say like, okay, I have my website and maybe it's just a simple website. Like it has who we are, Mm -hmm. what we do. It might have an, it might have an e-commerce like platform to it. Even if you just have a basic website, um, how, how do we first like be able to tell, like, where do we stand in Google? I have to laugh Mm -hmm. because my father-in-law says the Google, it's like (laughs) it's some like looming force Mm -hmm. above us. Like, oh, I checked the Google. (laughs) It kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> it really like, is. Yeah, it kind of is. It rules all. The yeah. Google. But like, I think first, I think would be good. Like if you know nothing about what your site, mm-hmm. how your site's seen to Google, like what would you say would be the first step to figuring out like 
what your current rank is or where you stand. Yeah, so Google has free tools, um, Google Analytics and Google Search Console. A lot of people have heard of Google Analytics. Most people have not heard of Google Search Console, so you've never heard of it. Don't worry. Yes, I would <laughs> put myself in that category. Yeah. I've never mm-hmm. heard of the Search Console yeah. either. Yeah. It's- kind of like the, you know, the ugly stepchild, but like has so much valuable information. I'm like, I don't know why people, you know, don't talk about this more, but in a nutshell, Google analytics has all kinds of data related to your website about how people are getting there. So whether they find you on Google or on like Facebook or something like that, how long they're staying on your site, which pages they're going to, where they're located. So they'll actually show you like the city that people are located in. Um, so that's really helpful if you're trying to you know, reach your local area. And then Google Search Console is specific just to information about Google. So what keywords your site is ranking for, how much traffic you're getting from those keywords, you know, how Google is able to kind what's called crawl and index your site. So uh, which pages they have actually looked at. So if Google's not looking at some of your pages, those pages aren't going to rank. If there are any issues with your site that Google's found, so if there are any broken links um, called 404 errors in Google Search Console, if there are any pages that there's actually code that is blocking Google from being able to look at that page. So I know that was just like a lot of information, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but both of of these tools are free and Google Search Console specifically is really helpful to see what keywords you're ranking for, you know, what your average ranking is for those keywords and how much traffic you're getting for those keywords. So that way you can see, you know, what you're ranking for, make sure it's like matches up with what you have. So, you know, if you're a flower farmer, but you're seeing that you're ranking for like vegetables, (laughs) then Google doesn't really know what your site is about. Okay. Yeah. We're going to be recording right after this, an insider's extra with Julia to talk about that Google search console and Google analytics to get a better, deeper understanding. So we're kind of diving deeper in the insiders over there with Julia after this. I know I am very much looking forward to that because I obviously (laughs) like, you know, you you get your Google Google analytics account that's linked to your site, but then it's like truly understanding the next step is, is knowing what that means, you know, being Mm -hmm. able to take that data and then use it for good on your own site. So um, if we had to like jump into like keyword research Mm -hmm. um, basics, like, where, where do you think that we should start there, figuring out what kind of mm-hmm. keywords we sh- either should be using or what's working in, in mm-hmm. our area? Yeah, so if you're just getting started with keyword research, I actually recommend just starting on Google itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to start typing in words, Google will auto-populate with what other people have searched. Um, so, you know, if you want to look up like wedding flowers and then, you know, kind of see what other people have searched, like wedding flower farm or wedding mm. florist or, you know, things like that, you can kind of see the different ways that um, people have phrased searches related to that. Um, you definitely want to make sure you're searching for, you know, keywords like with your city or your area specifically if you know if you are trying to reach your local area if you're like shipping flowers nationally you know you don't really need to worry about targeting your city just kind of seeing what people are searching for how they're phrasing things and then also making sure you're actually taking those keywords and incorporating them in your website so typically with website copy you want to make sure you're incorporating the keywords one to five percent of all of the text on that specific page you also want to make sure that you have like you know the keyword and your location near the top of the page this is also super important for people who are coming to your site for the first time if you only have your location like in your footer (laughs) people aren't going to know where you're located so they're not sure like if you're near them or like if you just say you know for example i don't know like 
central town. What state is that in? That could Mm -hmm. be like anywhere. You want to make sure that you get super specific, super clear and have your location like clear on every single website page. Uh Uh-oh. That might sound like overkill. I know. (laughs) You're sounding the alarms in my head as I'm looking at my website. Yeah. It's going to sound like overkill, but like, just remember not everyone is going to every single page on your website, but if you have like your homepage and like, you know, you have a page about the different flowers that you grow or something like that. Mm -hmm. If someone lands on your flower page rather than your homepage and you don't have your, you know, location on your flower page, then again, they're not going to know where you're located without having to like hunt through your site to find it. And also if you're trying to rank for your local area, Mm -hmm. having your location is important for Google to be able to rank you for your, your area. Okay. But how many keywords would you say that we should be focusing on? Like, let's say, so you could have your list and then maybe you're going through your website and be like, okay, am I saying these things on each page? Like, I mean, I I think you could probably like literally go crazy with it. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I guess, yeah. How many would you, would you like recommend that we would focus on? Yeah. It depends on like how many website pages you have, how many services Mm -hmm. you offer and things like that. I typically recommend just targeting like one to two keywords per page. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you offer like, if you have like multiple pages for, you know, like weddings, another page for events, another page for workshops, have a different keyword for each of those. Don't just do like flower farm for every single page, because if someone is searching specifically for like wedding flowers, um, you want to be able to rank for that keyword. But if you don't say wedding flowers on that page, then you're not Mm -hmm. going to be able to. So targeting different keywords or like keyword variations for the different pages and services that you have. If you have a UPIC page, definitely targeting like UPIC because people are definitely searching for that and just making sure it's, you know, your keywords are different for the different offerings that you have if you have multiple pages. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think when this first came up for me and I I just said, like, I sort of shut me down. I think Google in itself, the Google can be a little intimidating. You know, there's so many variables of things we're going to be even just covering today. But I would say keyword basics, like keyword research would be a pretty basic thing that somebody starting out could do, right? Just like going into Google, typing in. I'm always interested to see, even when I type in like Wild Root and go to like Wild Root Flower Co., but you can also see what other people have searched within to find me, to find Wild Root. Like it'll auto fill in. I'm like, oh, you know, Wild Root Flowers or whatever they're they're trying to find. When I've done some of that, like, research to find like what else is popping up. But I would say keywords is a pretty basic area that somebody could start would be easy to mm-hmm. not feel overwhelmed with, but still like yeah. make improvements to make themselves be seen. Mm-hmm. Keywords are kind of the like basis for, you know, SEO because you're you're telling Google what you want to rank for. <laughs> okay. um, everything else is, you know, helps with your SEO, but keywords you are telling Google what you want to rank for. You do want to make sure you're not like keyword stuffing. So don't just like take this keyword and like back, I don't know, 20 years ago, people would like repeat the keyword 50 times and then make the text white. So like humans couldn't read it, read it, but Google could. So they're like, oh my gosh, this page said the keyword 50 times. It must be super important. Google has wised up. (laughs) If you do that, you will not rank your site, you know, may not rank at all because Google really doesn't like those shady practices. So don't do anything like that. Just Mm -hmm. naturally incorporate your keyword, like within the website copy and within your headings, you know, where it makes sense. And also remember your website is for humans. (laughs) So like you do want to rank on Google, but the people who are coming to your farm are humans. So you want to make sure you're not like sounding super robotic or like, I don't know, just really (laughs) weird. Like you don't know how to speak English. Um, So Mm -hmm. make sure you're I mean, that's how I write. (laughs) That's my normal copy. 
Yeah. So he's just like doing a quick audit of your website. Just, okay, explain to me why the, again, why our location should be at the top. Cause I just have mine in the footer. Mm-hmm. So it's just so that Google reads it first or. Yeah. So Google reads, and I'm saying Google, like it's one person, the, but yeah, okay, we're <laughs> the <least> Google bots, <laughs> <laughs> they, they read like a human. So from top to bottom, mm-hmm. so whatever is at the top, they read as, you know, the most important information, mm-hmm. but also humans, you know, you don't want to have them searching through your site, trying to find where you're located. If it's not very clear, especially cause you only have a couple seconds to capture someone's attention. So if, you know, they can't find what they're looking for really quickly, they're more likely to leave your site yeah. instead of, you know, converting into a customer. Mm-hmm. So you definitely want to make sure everything is super clear for Google, but also for potential customers. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm, I know I'm missing yeah. that mark. I don't even have, I mean, <laughs> me I too. have it on there, but I don't even have a footer like that, that sets mm-hmm. and tells me oh, like yeah. that my website's not set mm-hmm. up like that. So, you know, I've had this website eight years. So now I'm in the process of actually revamping it because I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've grown. Things aren't necessarily like I'm going through the process of reorganizing it right now. Mm-hmm. And so you know, that's going to be ready for the season, but that's, that's good. I'm going to make that change because for me, I'm just fine. I'm like, well, if they want to know where we are, they'll just click on the, you know, find our farm or whatever, but they may not do that. So Mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. People are, I hate saying, I hate it when I say things like this, but she, yeah. 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 No attention span, lazy, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, they'll get frustrated and go find something else faster, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we've got keywords. What are some other like SEO foundational type things that maybe we we don't know just at the surface? So some other things that we might overlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely, you know, website copy, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, you want to have at least a few hundred words on like your main pages, your like contact page that doesn't, you know, that doesn't need to have 500 words, but like your homepage, any services pages, your about page that should at least have a few, you know, hundred words on there. Um, because the more information you're able to give Google, the more they have a better understanding of your site and the, you know, the better your rankings will be, especially if you do have a lot of competition, if you want to check out their, their websites to see how many, you know, about how many words they have, because if you have like two sentences on your homepage and they have 600 words, they're giving Google way more information to know what to rank them for. So if you want to, you know, be able to outrank your competition, you do need to make sure, you know, you have at least the same, if not more website copy than they have on, you know, your main pages. Again, incorporate the keywords within the Mm -hmm. website copy. One thing that's kind of overlooked most of the time is title tags and meta descriptions. So when you search on Google, wait, wait, say that again. What's it? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Say that again. Yeah. Okay. Title tags and meta descriptions. Which is... If you search on Google, you'll see, you know, like the name of the website page is like highlighted in blue. That's what you click on to go to the website. Mm -hmm. That's the title tag. The little paragraph of text underneath is the meta description. So the, we're about to get a little technical. The Mm. title tag is a ranking metric. So you do want to make sure you have like your keyword somewhere within the title tag. So this means when you know you have like your home page, your about page, contact page, don't just leave the page title tag as about because that means nothing to Google. You want to you know have something about like about the flower farmer, you know something like that to give Google more information about what, what? the page is actually about. You do want to make sure it at least kind of matches. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting a little technical, but it is super no, important because I, I'm like, worried if you about don't, myself. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't pull these out, Google will either, you know, it, 
doesn't really help Google to know what to rank it for. But also if someone just sees a page that's titled about, that means nothing to them. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have information, you're able to, you know, kind of capture their attention and give them more information, you're more likely to get more clicks to your website. So even if you're ranking well, but you haven't filled out like your title tags and meta descriptions, you may have a lower click through rate. So fewer mm -hmm. people are clicking on your website from Google because they're not like, you know, understanding what that page is about, or it just doesn't match what they're, you know, searching for. Mm -hmm. So again, the title tag is a ranking metric. So you do want to make sure you have your keyword incorporated somewhere. Where then do we, we change our title tag? It would yeah, be in so our website, depend, right? Yeah. The back end of your website, it'll depend on mm. what website pl platform you're on. <laughs> if you're on like uh, WordPress, you can use a SEO plugin like Yoast or mm -hmm. All-in-One SEO is one or rank math if you're on squarespace it's under like the page settings and i think they call it like seo title and seo description i don't even do anything with that no me either i'm, I'm like says squarespace says like optional and i'm like it's not really optional squarespace like don't <laughs> tell people that um because also if you don't set anything in your like meta description google can put whatever information they want there I've seen them pull like the names of social media icons. So it's like literally the meta description says Facebook icon, Instagram icon, LinkedIn icon, or they pull the names of photos. So again, yeah. this can look really spammy to someone who's like, you know, mm -hmm. searching for a flower farm and they see this website and it just says like, you know, image 2345.jpg. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. You don't want to click on that website. You don't know where it's going to take you. So filling in the meta description is, is important. You just have to do like a little summary of what's on the page or something to, you know, capture someone's attention. Um, another thing that kind of drives me crazy with platforms like Squarespace is they give you way more characters than Google actually allows for. So your um, title tag can be up to 60 characters, including spaces. Your meta description can be up to 160 characters, including spaces. I think Squarespace gives you like 400 characters. If you fill out 400 characters, Google's going to cut you off at 160 anyway. So just, just mm -hmm. do 160. <laughs> you don't need to do 400. Yeah. So this is a random question, but like, so I had an issue one time where, you know, that I've had my copyright for my website basically got copied mm -hmm. and used somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Is that something, does Google like pick up on that? I mean, is that something that I like you need? I mean, it for me, it was, you know, it was a little frustrating because I've spent time on my copy. We all do. We mm -hmm. all spend a lot of time on creating our own content and to have it just like mm -hmm. hawked, basically change a couple words. Mm -hmm. Does that like affect anything, especially if it's in your area? Because I, you know, I guarantee it's happening in other places and new flower farms oh, yeah. up and you don't know what to say and you're seeing, you know, copy be the same. Is that affect Google, mm -hmm. especially if you're within the same market? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Mm -hmm. So first of all, you could probably take legal action. I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> yeah, but I, I do, I have heard people that, you know, they've gotten their websites copied completely and they can send a cease and desist or, you know, take further steps if needed, because I mean, they are essentially trying to take your business, you know, yeah. taking things that you've copyrighted. But in terms of Google, typically the site that copies things from you, they're the ones who aren't going to rank on Google. They're, so Google doesn't like what's called duplicate content. Um, so this is, you know, something that's been copied or is at least 50% the same. So mm. even if they like copy mm. your content, but then they just like change the name of the business in the copy or like change a couple words, if it's still like 50% or more the same, Google knows. <laughs> Google Do smart. they know who was first? Is that how it works? Yeah. Like they would know that my my mm -hmm. website was established. Okay. 
I don't have it. This is not a local thing for me. Like I don't, I want to just echo that, but I just know like, I guarantee that's happening, but I had, I found it with somewhere else. I was like, Mm -hmm. WTF man. So, okay. Well that's, that's a, that's encouraging. Cause I know a lot of people have I'm sure had that issue where you're mm-hmm. just, you know, it's, it's okay to yeah. look for inspiration, but just not like straight up stealing other people's yeah, yeah. copyright, man. Knock it yeah, off. And this is also important, like for your own website, you don't want to like copy yourself. So a lot of times I see this more with other industries than I have with, um, you know, farms, but you don't want to have multiple pages that have the same copy on it and just change like the location. Like if you're, you know, for example, in Philadelphia and you have one page that has the exact same copy and you say Philadelphia, the next one you have the exact same copy and you have like a Philadelphia suburb listed and then another page with the exact same copy and like, you know, New Jersey suburb or something. Google doesn't like that either. (laughs) So don't also don't copy yourself on multiple pages. It's fine if you have like, you know, the same paragraph on like your about page and your homepage or something like that, but don't just like have the exact same website page and just like change the location or, you know, try to game the system like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. You said meta tag. Did we talk about Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, so that's the meta description. So that one okay, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. again, 160 characters, including spaces. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I notice on my WordPress, I use I use WordPress, and when I, I add an image, it has me add keywords to that image. So is that mm-hmm. another way to get your keywords embedded into your site, like to tag mm-hmm. keywords to an image? I just noticed that they they mm-hmm. always want me to do that. I never do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so. Images are going to be separate from like helping a website page rank. But what is important with images is the image alt text. So, or it's called. Maybe that's what it is. Image description, image alt tag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every website platform, of course, has to change it. But with the image alt text. So this is important both for making your site more accessible, which Google loves, but also for Google, like if you want your images to rank in Google images specifically. So like what you write in the image alt text is not going to affect how your website page itself ranks, but it can help the Mm. image rank. Um, So if someone is searching in Google images um, and your, you know, your photo ranks there, they can click on that and then go to your website. Hmm. But it's also important to make sure you're, you know, not just like keyword stuffing, you're actually describing what's in the image yeah. for anyone who is visually impaired and is using like a screen reader to, you know, read what's in the image. Hmm. So that's really important for the accessibility piece. Yeah. Just thinking about like selling Dahlia tubers, like if that was something that you were doing at your farm, that would be an, where someone would go, might go search like Dahlia, Rose Toscano or something. And that's when it would be beneficial to rank in the images piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Shannon and I both have our websites up, by the way, on our second I know, screen. We're like, and we're everything she's saying, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't do that. I haven't. Okay. So other, I know we were talking about like those uh, SEO foundations that we're overlooked. Like what else are, is there anything else that were basics that you're like, yeah, you're probably overlooking this? So your footer, which I know you've mentioned. <laughs> yeah, which I don't that have. Is- Yeah, that is actually important, especially as more people are using their phones, because if you scroll to the bottom of the page, it it's really nice if you have like a couple of links to your main page, maybe a little, you know, snippet about your business and um, like mm-hmm. also your social media icons. So people, you know, if they're really interested, they can easily follow you. Make sure your social media icons actually link to the right page. This is something I see a lot where they just link to facebook.com and not your actual Facebook page mm-hmm. or they just 
you know, links somewhere else weird. So do make sure those links work. But yeah, it's helpful, um, especially on mobile. So once they get to the bottom of the page, if you have some links, um, they can easily go to the next page to get more information or go to your contact page or, you know, get directions, something like that, rather than them having to scroll all the way back up to the top and then mm -hmm. like go to the menu from mm -hmm. there. So if you have your, your little menu, you don't have to have like every single link on your page. Like if you sell products or something, you don't have to have every single product link on the footer, but it's just something helpful for helping people navigate. And then along with navigation, <laughs> making sure your main menu is also super clear and easy to navigate. Don't try to get like fancy with the names of the pages in your menu, because again, you only have a couple seconds to capture people's attention. If they're getting frustrated, not finding what they're looking for, they're more likely to leave your site. Mm -hmm. So make sure it's like, you know, you have like your home about contact if you have like different services or different offerings make sure it's clear don't name your blog like my thoughts or journal <laughs> or something like that yeah <laughs> that people Nobody don't want that means. That. <laughs> Lindsay's musings yeah, yeah. yes <laughs> so make sure everything is just like no someone knows what it means in the first second that they read it they don't have to mm -hmm. like sit there yeah. and think about it so the whole point of SEO is to reach people who are interested in what you have and to, in order to convert them to customers. So again, everything goes back to being able to like have your site easy to navigate, very clear for your customers. So everything that's easy to navigate, having calls to action throughout your page. Um, and then also if you have anything that you're trying to do specifically, like if you're trying to grow your email list, if you're trying to sell like dolly tubers through your website or something like that make sure it's like super easy for them to find um you can have it like mm. embedded on your homepage or something like that mm -hmm. to really help you reach whatever goals that you're trying to reach so don't just like have your website for the sake of having your website make sure whatever the main goal is wherever you want people to go it's easy for them to find yeah i get i have aversion to what i love about my website and have loved up until this point is that it's very clean. Like I don't mm -hmm. like a lot of, I, mm -hmm. when I go on some people's websites just to check them out, I'm like, they're so busy. There's things popping up and, you know, there's a whole lot of things you're like sorting through. And mine just is, you know, my photo and then it has my tagline and then it's got like, you know, the main places I want to send them like five mm -hmm. different like headers, but there's nothing at the footer. It doesn't say my location. Like there's some things I know that we're working on changing the homepage up on, mm -hmm. but that's been my aversion to that is like, I like the simplicity, but then they do have to click more to get into the website to find what they're right. looking for. And I've always felt that, like, I've always said like, man, there's just navigating it from inside. And mm -hmm. it's also, we all do a lot of stuff. Shannon's the same thing. It's like trying to figure yeah. out how to nest those things appropriately. Like what, mm -hmm. where, what, is intuitive to us may not be to the customer, like where to shop for something or, you know, like in, in trying to work with my website person, you know, to, on what works for me and what she thinks makes mm -hmm. sense. And we're trying to find a happy medium, but yeah, that's good. That's good advice. Cause yeah. I need to, you can also have things. other people like test out your site and, mm -hmm. you know, give them like one yeah. task to do, like find information about, you know, how long in advance we need your wedding flower order and then time them, see how long it takes. Mm. yeah to find that information oh, yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's see really how smart it is to find information mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or how just how intuitive because we mm -hmm. the hard thing is we know our businesses so intricately yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. so for what makes sense to us might not make sense to somebody who knows absolutely nothing about us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's interesting
Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, you're probably not reaching a lot of flower farmers with your websites. Like you're reaching customers who definitely yeah. don't have your expertise. So yeah, make sure everything is designed for whatever customer yeah. you're trying to reach. Yeah. And an older demographic sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's one thing I've found that sometimes my customers are having trouble like purchasing the CSA. And mm-hmm. if you hear it enough times, you're like, why is this not, you know, and a lot of times it's they're using it on a mobile phone mm-hmm. and we don't have express checkout. I use Squarespace. So I don't have express checkout because I want them to search and shop other items. But, you know, you Mm -hmm. could set it up that it goes directly to their cart and then they know the checkout process. But what happens on a mobile phone or an iPad, a lot of them are using that they then have to go up in that top right corner. And I'm saying, you'll find those three horizontal lines and you'll click on that. Mm -hmm. You scroll clear to the bottom and you'll find your cart. But that's a lot of a process Mm -hmm. and makes them feel discouraged to maybe not want to purchase online. So that's Mm -hmm. something that I think, you know, for me would be that need to clean up from that process. Or if you're hearing something from your customer over and over again. And this is something that you can also like use Google Analytics to check. You can see how many people like go through, you know, the checkout or not even the checkout process, but the shopping process, like, you know, how many of them like add something to the card, if you have like a link for that versus how many people actually finish the checkout process. If you're seeing like a ton of people are dropping off or like not going to the cart page, then yeah, there might be something in your system you need to tweak to make it a little easier. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. That cart abandonment Uh statistic. Yeah. So talked about like something that we should talk about, like what should we be doing monthly? Mm -hmm. Like what are some ongoing tasks that we should be checking just to make Mm -hmm. sure our SEO is, I don't know how to say that right. Is <laughs> yeah. 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 So making sure everything up is up to date on your site and also making sure that you're planning for, you know, the next season in advance. So Google does take at least a couple weeks before they even see changes made to your website, much less rank you for those changes. So if you are getting, you know, ready to sell your flower CSA, or you might be done with that already, but just use it as an example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not quite like selling it yet but you're getting ready you still want to have that information on your site you can just say like you know check back in march or something Mm -hmm. to purchase the csa Um, but that way google knows that when people are searching for flower csa that whatever page that you have that information on can rank for that and then once you are ready to sell it you have a much better opportunity of already being able to rank for it versus if you like are going to sell your flower CSA tomorrow and you just update your site today for it. You're probably not going to be able to rank for it in the time that you're like selling the CSA if you do it pretty quickly. Also anything like, I don't know if you have sunflowers on your farm, have a page about your sunflowers, like towards the end of spring or something like that. Um, even though it's, I know it's not sunflower season yet, but that way people who are searching and planning for it, you know, will have that information and know when to be able to go to your farm to, you know, pick the sunflowers or whatever it is that you offer. So making sure everything is, first of all, up to date and accurate. If your hours change during different seasons or if like you don't get, you know, have people come to your farm in the winter or something like that, making sure you have that information on your website so no one goes up to your farm unannounced. Um, I was actually on a website the other day and they hadn't updated things since 2021. (laughs) So I'm like, I have no idea if any of this information is accurate. So making sure that you do have things that are super clear with the date. So people know that it is up to date. Also in Google business profile, I recommend everyone have Google business profile. If you don't Mm -hmm. already, it's super helpful when people are searching for like local searches or if they're like 
you know, trying to find directions to your farm or something like that. Um, so making sure everything is up to date there because you can change the hours for the season. So if you don't want visitors right now, make sure you don't have the hours public, but, you know, add them back when you do want visitors. And then you can add, you know, photos and posts, which I recommend doing monthly. It'll take like, I don't know, 10 minutes if you just do it once a month just to like add a couple of new photos, add a new post about, you know, what's going on on your farm or what you have upcoming or something like that. If you have an event, I know this is coming out in March, but Valentine's Day is coming up. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if you have stuff coming up for, you know, Valentine's Day, make sure you get some posts on Google Business Profile. Like Mother's Day. That's the next big events. one. Yeah, yes. there we go. Mother's Day. Have information on Mother's Day up in April. So that way people, when are, they're searching and see your Google Business Profile posts, they can see that you have that upcoming. So it really shouldn't take long to, you know, kind of keep things up to date every month. Again, Google Business Profile, that should just take like, 10, 15 minutes, once or twice a month. Your website might take a little bit longer to, you know, update depending mm -hmm. on like how many changes you have for each season. But again, for your website, make sure you're making the changes. Even if you don't have like the exact date of something, have the basic information up at least, you know, two months in advance before that, you know, event takes place. Can I ask you a question about Google business profile? Mm -hmm. So that is the one that pulls up if you were to Google Wildroot Flower Co. or Wildroot Flower Company. That's what mm -hmm. comes up, right? Where they would see your Google reviews, they would see mm -hmm. your location, all of that. Yep. I hate to talk trash on Google, but I you can't <laughs> no, get a ahead. hold of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm I not. it will not update my address. My address is incorrect, and mm -hmm. I have put it. It goes to this weird T five forty three, which is like not my address at all. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have. 315 she Road, and it takes it to something different. So mm -hmm. how do you, because I know people in general have issues mm -hmm. with updating things on their business profile. Mm -hmm. How do they, how does somebody go and manage that? Because I think a lot of people mm -hmm. give up on it. I know a friend of mine right now is trying to claim hers and mm -hmm. she has to like submit a video in and mm -hmm. it will not upload the video. And she's like, who do you get a hold of? Like, I can't even do anything mm -hmm. with it. She's just stopped. So you know, how do you, how do you move forward through that with Google? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Google business profile definitely has some glitches and mm -hmm. it's, they're annoying to deal with. <laughs> I'll say, so they're going through some changes right now with the types of businesses that can have Google business profile. So like recently, I know a ton of photographers got kicked off of Google business profile because they don't have like a physical location. Like if they didn't gotcha. have a studio that people mm. come to, probably different for, you know, most of the audience here because you guys have farms. But if like your address isn't showing up or like you can't get verified, just keep pestering them. Um, I have had success getting through to like a person. So it is possible. It is definitely annoying though. So just kind okay. of like keep pestering them. Okay. I might have to like connect with you on that as a how, who that would even be because I can I can pester or I can have one of my employees pester but you know mm -hmm. I think some of these farms may have an issue because a lot of them are their homes and it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily appear right that it's a farm maybe it's like it it's just mm -hmm. like a regular house that they're growing on a fifth acre lot or half acre lot you know so mm -hmm. that could be that could be an issue for some people if they don't have like a you know they're just doing a roadside stand or something like that mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. well that's good that's good information mm -hmm to know that they're going through some of those. Yeah. And you may have to supply some like documentation for, cause I mean, you guys have to be registered. Like <laughs> yeah, you can't just like start a farm that people can come visit and like, you know, not tell your you know local government or whatever. So you, there are ways to like submit that documentation if Google's like being weird, or I'm sure you guys like have a sign for your farm. Um, so Google likes to see like a 
physical sign. You can't just like write on a piece of paper, like, yeah, this is my farm. That's not going to get you verified. But if you have like an actual sign, you can show that there's a farm there. Um, You're, you shouldn't have many issues getting verified unless you run into issues getting your, your video uploaded. In that case, it might actually be that the video size is too large. So I try using tools to see if you can like compress it to see Mm -hmm. if a smaller file can get uploaded. Yeah, I was, I did because I when I created a Google business profile, I didn't have to claim anything. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know that I I don't think I did anyway. So okay, so Julia, let's we always are kind of encouraging our listeners to have some type of strategy, whether it's like marketing mm-hmm. or creating an income plan. So as far as SEO, like what kind of content strategy do you recommend that they have mm-hmm. if they say, okay, yes, I want to integrate SEO and make it a part of my farm. So what what does that look like from your from your your standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I do recommend for most businesses, not every mm-hmm. single business. Like if you're working more with like um grocery stores or something like that and not one-to-one customers, you probably don't need as much of a content strategy, but I do recommend it especially in terms of SEO because the more content you have, the more keywords you're able to target. So the more opportunities you have to get in front of customers who are maybe searching in different ways, or maybe who are like kind of in the information stage before they're searching like for your products and services, the more times Google is going to come back and crawl your site, which is helpful. Um, so if you like don't update anything on your site for a year, Google isn't really clear if you're like still in business and if they should still rank you. So having content shows Google that you are an active business. I do recommend blogging once a month if you're able to manage that. If you are able to do more frequently, that's helpful, but like you you definitely don't need to blog every single day or anything crazy like that. I just recommend focusing on quality over quantity. So writing like one 750 word blog post is better than writing like two, 300 word blog posts. Mm-hmm. Again, the more content that you're able to give Google, the more they know what to rank you for and the you know better opportunity you'll have for ranking. So going back to the keyword research part, it is helpful to do keyword research for blog posts um, to know what people are searching for and like also what opportunity you have to rank. For a content, content strategy, if you really want to like get into the strategy, I do recommend investing in like a keyword research tool because searching on Google is helpful to see kind of what people are searching for, but a keyword research tool is going to show you how many people are searching that particular keyword each month um, and what the competition score is. So if something is like crazy competitive, you have no chance of ranking for it. It might not really be worth, you know, trying to target that keyword with a blog post. But if you do find something that is lower competition, so you do have a better opportunity to rank for it and it has a good number of monthly searches, that might help your you know website in terms of SEO more than like the super crazy competitive keyword. Interesting. So, <laughs> so what, what kind of tools do you recommend for that? Like mm-hmm. a yeah, what do you recommend? Yeah, so one that you can kind of get started with is called Uber Suggest. It has like, I forget how many free searches per month. Um, so if you kind of just want to like test things out. One that I really love is called Key Search. That one is like, I think $17 a month. That one also has a lot more features with like helping you actually with your content. So if you write a blog post, you can put it into Key Search. It'll show you like where, you know, how many more times you should be incorporating that keyword or like, you know, what types of headings you should be using. It'll also show you like what the competition, like how many words they have in their blog posts that are ranking well. So that one has more like features in terms of content. There are a lot more expensive keyword research tools. <laughs> so if you do want a one that has like all the bells and whistles, Moz, that's M-O-Z, SEMrush, S-E-M, 
R-U-S-H, um, and then A-H-R-E-F-S, that's, let's see if I can spell it, A-H-R-E-F-S, <laughs> those have like, you know, tons of bells and whistles. You probably don't need them if you're kind of just getting started with blogging, but what you can do is, you know, sign up for like a week-long trial or pay for just like a month for that keyword research tool, do a bunch of keyword research and get all the keywords that you want for like the whole year, mm-hmm. um, and then like plan out your, your content from there. So you don't have to invest in crazy expensive keyword research tools. Key search is a great affordable one if you do want to kind of like get a little bit more into content strategy. But another thing with content strategy is make sure that you're writing content that's going to, you know, help you reach customers. So like if you are only serving customers in your local area, you know, make sure you're writing about local keywords or like look, you know, local flowers that people are interested mm-hmm. or or you know, something seasonal in your area. So if you're like you know, in Florida, you probably don't need to be writing about the same content as someone who's like in Oregon. Mm -hmm. So again, making sure you're kind of taking that into consideration because one vegetable farm that I worked with recently, she was ranking super well for a lot of her content, but it was all like recipe related. So she was reading, reaching people all over the country. So it wasn't actually converting into customers for her. So it looked great. She was ranking really well in Google, getting Mm -hmm. tons of traffic from Google, but it wasn't converting into any business for her. So Mm -hmm. you do want to make sure you kind of take that piece into consideration. Man, I'm thinking she needs to write a cookbook or something. I was like, how can she capitalize on that? That'd be helpful information to know, like, right, like business opportunity. How could she, you know, turn that into something Mm -hmm. that would be lucrative for her? But yeah, because I mean, the thought process there was she has vegetables that she's selling. What recipes can she give people that, you know, Mm. they can use these vegetables for? But it just that wasn't really converting into customers the way she was hoping. Yeah, yeah. I'd pay for that. Who is she? You know, I'd pay for just the service of telling me how to use the vegetables. I know. (laughs) But, well, I mean, it's true. We talk about in here just like not confusing who your target market is and who your actual customer is. And that could be like, I I see a lot of farmers in general that are talking to other farmers really versus they should Mm -hmm. be talking to their ideal customer of, you're right, Mm -hmm. like who's giving you, who's giving you money because Instagram followers are just, it's just monopoly money unless you're converting it into something. So just like, just to kind of even wrap it up a little bit, if let's say we go to Google and we type in flower farm near me Mm -hmm. and our flower farm does not pop up or Mm -hmm. we're not ranked, you know, what would be like the number one thing that you would recommend that people do like right now? Cause I mean, at, at the bottom line is, is that of course, we want to rank higher than, than our competition. Mm-hmm. Answer is always yes to that. So it's like, what would be the one most impactful thing that they could take from this mm-hmm. to to go do right now to you know kill the competition on the Google ranking? Yeah, so definitely uh, incorporate keywords and your location within your website copy. Also, okay. make sure you have mm-hmm. plenty of website copy. You don't just have like two sentences on your homepage. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good start. If you are searching on Google for trying to see what you're ranking for, make sure you're doing it incognito because Google searches will be different um, depending on like (laughs) your past searches and your location and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So you might like check to see and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm ranking number one. But like for other people who are searching for you might not be on the first page. So that's where Google Search Console really comes in handy because it will show you like what you're actually, you know, ranking for um, and how you're performing there. 
Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So I I heard something on a podcast once about SEO is about also like how much time somebody spends on your website. Isn't that like also one of the analytics of like, Mm -hmm. so having blogs and having them on there longer or having video content to have them be on the website, it's showing Google that you have a lot to offer them or they're staying, you're interesting or however it was worded. That's, that's probably a really water. Yeah. yeah. So one metric that Google analytics tracks is called the engagement rate. So like, yeah, how long people are staying on your site. So, and also how many pages they're going to and things like that. So if you are able to keep people on your site longer, so that's where blog posts help because mm-hmm. blog posts are typically longer than like, you know, your website yeah. copy. So people are going to stay longer, be more engaged. So the long, longer you keep people on your site, the more pages you, they go to. So also making sure your navigation is great so they can easily go to another page that helps your rankings. Also kind of along the, along the lines with this, we haven't really mentioned it, but site speed is important. So if your site is crazy, crazy slow, people might go to your site for like a couple seconds, see that it's not really loading and then leave. So Google does notice that. So that's not going to help your site. Okay. And also like if you do have videos, which are helpful, um, I do recommend uploading them to something like YouTube or Vimeo and then embedding it onto the page or onto like the blog post or something like that. Um, Because if you just upload a video to your site, it's going to slow it down like crazy. And I never recommend uploading a video to your site near the top of the page because people have to wait for that video to load before they can actually read any of the text. Mm. Man, you're full of golden nuggets. (laughs) I know, I can keep going. (laughs) I know, I love that. I love this. So, well, if you're feeling like, holy cow, I need some help. She has a beautiful, Julie has a beautiful website, homegrownreach.com. And I can tell you, it's very accessible. You can find what you're looking for. It's all very clear. It's very well done. So, and we are going to be hanging out with her in the insiders. We're doing an extra with her on Google search console and Google analytics. So if you are, you know, like, hey, I need that, you are going to be in for a treat with the extra we're about to record with her. So, but Julia, thank you for doing this. I learned so much. I have, I mean, I'm not kidding. I have like three pages of notes and a whole, which is perfect timing for redoing my website. So yeah. I know winter is the great time because mm-hmm. people are going to start searching like in the spring and summer. So if you can get this stuff done sooner rather than later, it's going to yeah. really help your business in the summer. The problem yeah. with flower farming is that everything that we say is good for the winter happens in the off season. We're like, oh, yeah. we'll do it in January, February. And I'm like, oh my God, no, we're yeah. not. Tell everybody how they can find you. I know I plugged your website, but plug it again. Do you have socials? Tell us how they can find you, how they can work with you and learn more from you. Yeah. yeah so everything is homegrown reach. So website is homegrownreach.com. You can find me on Instagram at homegrownreach. And my email is julia at homegrownreach.com. Perfect. Very cool. And you do audits. You do like, yeah, what, tell us, yeah, tell us what you offer. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I do SEO audits. So if you want an idea of like how your site is performing, what, you know, what needs to be improved to help your site improve, that is a more like, you know, helpful DIY option if you want to kind of do it yourself, but want guidance. I also do custom SEO trainings. Again, if you kind of want more DIY option. Um, And then if you don't want to touch anything, (laughs) I do, you know, I have an SEO setup service um, that covers the SEO foundations. If you need more kind of like intensive help, I do custom SEO packages. And then I do also monthly SEO support. So like managing your Google business profile, helping you with, you know, making monthly updates to your site and things like that. So 
if you can't stay on top of all the monthly things, especially during your busy season, um, I can help with that. Awesome. Very cool. Oh my gosh. As much pain as I've had over this address <laughs> thing, I'm about ready to pay you monthly just to get to I don't care what it takes. Yeah. Let's just get it fixed. <laughs> well, thank you so much. You were they're yeah, just a joy you, to Joy-Ya. talk to. And I'm yeah, sure everybody is. Oh, I guarantee people are going to take so much from this. So yes, they're going to have to listen to it. Hopefully I overwhelmed everyone. <laughs> no. No, it's and if you're listening to this, we're saying no. And there's people listening going like, yeah, dude, I'm overwhelmed. Just chunk this through. I think when you go back and listen to this, I mean, you went through all of those, like the basics and the foundations and different things you can do per month. Just just start with one Mm -hmm. thing. And I think that's uh, just you're moving in the right direction. So thank you Mm -hmm. for your sharing your expertise. It was wonderful to talk to you. So, well, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode. Don't tune me out right now because you know we're getting ready to close out okay but if you're new around here welcome i'm so glad you found us or thank whoever referred you to us if you have not heard we are doing the insiders the dirt on flowers insiders so it's a monthly membership with us and if you've been on the fence now is a perfect time to join because we're going to grow along with you through the entire season. So every week we are adding to the content library. We have over a year worth of content already on the website that you can access everything from growing to marketing, wedding, work, efficiencies, account, everything, accounting. So we share it all with you. We don't hold it back. We have a monthly live where Shannon and I get on a call, answer your burning questions and get some one-on-one time with us. It's really beneficial. It's got a great community of people. It's only 20 bucks a month. Pop in and out if you need. If you have commitments issues, that's no problem. You don't have to, no long-term commitments with us. That's fine. But don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Dirt on Flowers and drop us a comment or a review. If you haven't done a review yet for us, it is super helpful. It helps other people like yourself find our way into their earbuds. So thank you so much for being here. We hope you loved today's episode as much as we loved recording it. And we will see you the same time, same place next week. 